The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Success Inside with host Aparna. On today's show, you'll hear the stories from the successful individuals that are making a difference in this world. Living with passion, with their wisdom and ideas, we hope that you are inspired. Now, here's your host, Aparna. Good morning and welcome to Success Inside. Um, Sorry about the delay this morning, but I am very happy to uh, be here this morning with a very unique individual from Los Angeles, Stephen Powers. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Aparna. Thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. And uh, Stephen has done a lot of uh, great work in the L.A. area. He was uh, CEO of Agape International, Michael Bernard Beckwith's organization. Uh, He is currently CEO of Booty Tree. And Stephen is also a longtime music producer. So, Stephen, those are all very um, <clears throat> unique um, and very creative and interesting endeavors. Uh, we are looking forward to exploring with you this morning on uh, consciousness and as it relates to our world today. Um, how do we, uh, you know, embrace consciousness? How do how are you seeing things evolve within your, um, you know, within your path? Um, so, share with us some insights about your background. Thank you, Aparna, and uh, I consider myself very blessed and, of course, always very grateful that I have had the opportunity to be of service in these unique, as you say, unique and creative ways uh, that that I have. Uh, you know, my background is, it even uh, interests me, it is, <laughs> it's, it's unusual. I began this journey uh, some 40 years ago. Uh, as a molecular biologist, I studied molecular biology at MIT, and I had a uh, you know tragic event that really sort of shifted my awareness and my consciousness. And that's often I've found over the years that I've been working in this field. Uh, you know, there there are often uh, you know rather dramatic events. Sometimes uh, they're just an awakening. Sometimes they're a tragedy. Sometimes they're uh, something you know that that will cause people to really shift what they're doing. In my case, uh, it was my younger sister who was just 15 years old at the time, and I was 18, and uh, and she was run into by a drunk driver and and passed, and and it really changed the way that I uh, you know, viewed the world. It changed the way that I viewed myself. It caused me to want to work in a field that could bring forth. Uh, joy in people's lives that could uh, help them to understand maybe whatever experiences they were having. And, of course, that was a healing journey for me. So it was not only that, uh, you know, that I was going to try to, uh, to help people to understand those things, but in doing that work, I would, I would come to, uh, to better understand 
uh, you know, what had happened in my life and, and if there were reasons, you know, what they were, or at the very least, what I could learn from them. So uh, that first enterprise for me, which I had been a lifelong entrepreneur, was called uh, Charlotte's Web. It was actually named in her honor. Uh, it was uh, a performing arts center. Uh, she was a singer and a songwriter and a dancer and uh, starring in a uh, high school musical at the time of her passing. And so I opened a performing arts center that was dedicated to that kind of original music, uh, original art, to theater, drama, and so forth. And you know, wow, what a creative family you have. What a what? Oh, yeah. Creative, creative family. family. And you know, so. Yeah, there was certainly that, that, uh, that aspect of my growing up was that we made music as a family, right? We had uh, hoot nannies, as I used to call them, right? Where people would, you know, you just get, uh, and people still do it. It's just, uh, you know, in the living room, part of the, the uh, gathering, you know, you'd have a, a group of people over for, uh, say a meal, uh, maybe a holiday meal, and then out come the guitars and the and the other instruments, and you know you're singing and playing music together, and that's certainly a great way to to feel uh, connected and and enjoy. Uh, yeah, so that you know, was part and that's my, my upbringing. Yeah, and I think uh, that also brings up something where um, nowadays uh, I, I was speaking earlier about being connected and we are so connected through the Internet nowadays that this kind of personal connection um, within the family structure even tends to be something from the past. It's not as common anymore for families to just sit around and sing and kind of cultivate our creativities um, just within, without having to use a kind of a electronic or technology platform. Yes, we, we fight that battle in my own family. So today I'm a, <laughs> I'm a father. I have a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, an 11-year-old. Uh, and my 11-year-old in particular is starting to, to swim in those deep waters, right? He'd rather have his head in some kind of uh, uh, electronic device than uh, in the room. Uh, and so we, you know, we just you know, do our best to, to really try to, to promote uh, family connectedness and uh, because that, to me, was so important as part of my experience. So Absolutely. To sort of continue on with that, with that career path, that, that Performing Arts Center, Charlotte's Web, I am amazed, is, is still functioning 45 years later as the Performing Arts Center of my hometown, which is Rockford, Illinois. Uh, and it was there that I began my career as a record producer. So for the first year, the first anniversary of Charlotte's Web, I recorded and produced an album of the uh, of the singers and songwriters who who performed there regularly, and they were all original composers of songs. And we put out an album. It was called Get Folked because it was primarily folk music, uh, and uh, that oh, is also still in print. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. You. I was actually that's on, great. Uh, uh, driving down Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood uh, a couple of years ago, and I looked up, and there was a huge billboard. Uh, up there, lit up on sunset that said, get folked on it. And uh, I took a photo of it, and it was apparently had had reappeared, that title, uh, as a uh, an HBO special or something like that. And I was just sort of, it was a, you know, cute. That's good cute. work, though, to uh, make it a long ways, you know. You said it was in yeah. North Carolina, and um, it still lives on in L.A., at that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I think once, you know, first off, 
ideas arise individually, you know, in the ethers. So when you talk about creativity and some people think, oh, that person copied my idea, I think as you go through a long creative life, you begin to recognize that, that uh, the same idea or very similar ideas do arise independently in different people at the same time or, or around the same time. And, and my belief about that is sometimes those ideas are, are a form of energy that actually exists in the, you know, in the ethers, and various people kind of catch them. And, yeah. uh, and they begin to act on them. That's actually a very good point because one of the areas to uh, cultivate, and as you know from you know the conscious way of living, is creativity, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, when we get so busy in our worlds and we have a routine life, as we you know, you go to work nine to five and so forth, uh, y- creativity sometimes feels like oh, my God, I wish I could schedule that in somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, sharing just what you've learned about creativity. I'm sorry, I talked over you. Go ahead. What was your last comment? I said, you know, it would be great if you could share some insights. I mean, you've had a lot of creative endeavors. Um, yes. Uh, uh, let, me, let me begin with the first one, which is that uh, many of the most successful creative people that I know uh, do indeed schedule that time into their lives. So they actually structure a time period where they, uh, where they sit down to be creative. So I think there's a misunderstanding that you have to wait for inspiration to strike. And, of course, that sometimes does happen. And, and those same people and other people that I know might wake up in the middle of the night with a song in their head. And, they, and one of the things, for example, it talks about in The Artist's Way, if you're familiar with Julia Cameron's great book about, about developing your creativity, is she, she suggests you keep a journal you know, by your bedside uh, in a pan and be ready because you might wake up with some uh, insight or some idea or a song in your head in the middle of the night. Uh, but what I was going to say is that, is that most people I know who are really creative actually schedule their time and they sit down and even though they may not feel creative in that moment, they are disciplined about as, uh, again, I'll quote Julia Cameron, showing up at the page. You know, she's talking about being a writer and just sit there. And, 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 and things will begin to come to you. Um, and then as you get more into a rhythm of it, your mind and your body and your spirit are even aware that this is my time to be creative. So it just starts to flow. So, you know, I just encourage people to actually schedule themselves to be creative, as you just said. Interesting. Yeah, wonderful, uh, because that is something that is so important, right? Right now, I feel that we are in a time where we are inundated with inspiration. I mean, uh, just with people putting up posts on Facebook to Twitter and so many inspirational speakers, and it's wonderful on one end because we have so much inspiration around us that it makes us think a little differently, but how do we then take that? I mean, and this is such a wonderful suggestion. How do we then take that and kind of honor our own creativity? I know I, when I have had ideas that come to me in my sleep, I think, oh, yeah, I got this now. And then next thing you know, you wake up and it's gone. And Yeah, it, no, that's right. So I, I, I'm not a songwriter. You know, as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a record producer. I've produced many, many. Uh, I, I didn't mean to say I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a professional musician. I'm a professional producer. Right, and I'm an I'm an amateur musician, uh, and I primarily enjoy you know making music for my family and and for my kids. And when my 
my children were born, I started to have uh, ideas for songs. You know, typically when I was, oh, you know, changing their diaper or getting them dressed or hanging out with them or something like that, you know, and there was just some energy around it and an idea for a song would come into me. And I found, just as you said, that I could not expect that I would remember it an hour later. You know, it might be a melody line, a very nuanced melody line, or it might be a lyric. So I started calling my, you know, just getting my phone out uh, and, and singing into or recording the idea immediately. Uh, and then I could come back to it and have that kernel idea already there. And again, I know that that's a practice of many uh, of the artists and uh, musicians that I know. That's, yes, you need to capture it in that moment of inspiration. Write it down, record it, uh, repeat it to yourself over and over again. Uh, yes, it's, it's important to capture it in the moment. Wonderful. Um, this is very practical that we can all do. But, you know, by the same token, I have published a book and I wanted to write my second book. And I noticed that I would sit in front of, uh, for the second book, I would sit in front of a page of paper and be like, okay, well, let, let it flow. And so sometimes if we put too much pressure on ourselves to be creative, it doesn't flow either. So, um, you know, it's, it's that may not always produce a, a result, right? Uh, but uh, at the same time, it may, is more often likely to produce a result than staying busy with other activities where your mind is not able to just open itself up to what might be, you know, a little behind the veil. Absolutely, absolutely. So that is wonderful. And I know in your journeys, you've also worked uh, with one of my favorite, Michael Bernard Beckwith, uh, Agape International. Um, and I wondered if you could share a little bit about that experience. They've been part of this movement for many years on bringing consciousness to individuals. Um, so, you know, how was, how was that working with Michael Bernard Beckwith? Well, amazing, as you might imagine. It was certainly yes. one of the deepest and richest uh, experiences for me in terms of my own uh, spiritual practice and spiritual de- development. And I do want to clarify something. So there is the uh, Agape International Spiritual Center, of which Michael is the founder. And uh, I was a member and am a member of Agape International Spiritual Center as a congregant, uh, as a part of that community for more than 20 years. Um, what I did with Michael was a, a, a media enterprise where I was CEO, and it was called Agape Media International. So I just wanted to make that distinction because one oh, very is, good. Is yeah, the, I wasn't the, the spiritual community where I was a uh, you know blessed to be a member, and the other was a, a business and myself and Michael and uh, and a gentleman named Mark Harris uh, co-created that was called Agape Media International. And what we did there was we. Uh, we made uh, we made a film about Michael called Spiritual Liberation. Uh, we uh, began all kinds of other media activities uh, uh, related to uh, the events of the church, the services of the church, and, and I use the word church. I want people to understand that Agape is not a church in the in the traditional sense of a, a Catholic church or or a Methodist church or something, but rather it is a, it is a spiritual community. But uh, it is also, in a sense, if we can not be afraid of that word, uh, it is, in a sense, a place where, as a, as a community, we come together to understand our own connection to God, and I guess in some ways that's also a church. So the experience with Michael, for me, I mean, one of the reasons I, I, 
wanted to do it was I saw it as a, as a tremendous opportunity to, to work with somebody whom I admired, who I felt had great wisdom, and to sort of sit at his feet and, and allow him to be my mentor in, in the world of spirituality and really have a, a, re, uh, a very intense experience with him. And at the same time, I felt that I had knowledge and ability from my uh, many years as an entrepreneur and as a producer where I could really help uh, to increase his profile. He desired for the teachings that he represents to to reach a broader audience, to reach an international audience. And through the books and the films and the music that we made in him, we were able to uh, we were able to really achieve that. And in my uh, seven years there at Agape Media International where I was CEO, we you know, we, we touched a lot of hearts around the world. Uh, I think my favorite project uh, was a, a there, and, and there were many. I pretty much enjoyed everything that we did. Um, it was you know, live events. I mentioned the film. We published many books through Hay House. Uh, it was an album that I uh, am executive producer of, and it was called Transcend Dance. Uh, it's a misspelling, a purposeful misspelling of transcendence. And yes, uh, the idea, uh, what's that? I, I'm actually familiar with that. I think I, he plays some of that music on uh, online, on YouTube from that. Oh, yes. So for the audience's sake here, what we, what we did was we took a sermon that Michael had taught, that Michael had delivered at the Agape Spiritual Center, and we... Uh, edited in Pro Tools, we cut it up, and, and uh, a gentleman named Stephen Bray, who is a very accomplished record producer, co-wrote some of uh, Madonna's uh, biggest hits, um, edited these these talks into song uh, structures. So there was a verse-chorus structure where the the basic theme of the talk kind of became the chorus and was repeated, and then the detail about the teaching became the verse, and we set it to uh, basically deep house music. It's mostly kind of a very rhythmic deep house music, and conceptually the idea was when you are listening to music or when you're dancing or when you're celebrating, your whole spirit becomes open to receiving the teachings in a way that is very, uh, very profound. I mean, we all, we all kind of, it's like, okay, I was at this concert or something and I seem to have almost a spiritual experience. It's because music has a way of opening our, uh, our whole beingness into awareness and into receptivity. And so that was kind of the idea of this. It was a fun way that people could receive Michael's teachings. Uh, and, and, and it was quite well received. So it was a lot of fun. Also, it uh, helps us be uh, awaken our own creativity. So, uh, to our yeah. earlier discussion, even listening to music or dance, uh, they are expression of creativity. And e- even when we are in a concert, you can awaken your own creativity just by kind of being an observer or being present. Absolutely, and, and being in motion, of course, physically. Yes. Way, again, we know we know about the mind-body connection, right, and how powerful that is. So moving is a very powerful way to connect your spirit and your body, to be in your body, and to also just enjoy, you know, your spirit. I, I know that therapists uh, suggest to people who are depressed, get out and walk, right, do something, yeah. move around. And, uh, and even like the walking, right? 
Yeah, and even walking and those, that's a very good point because I, that's uh, why yoga is such a key to unleashing some of your creativity and creating a connection between the mind and body. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, for our audiences, what is, what are some of the things which is predominantly more like a business community? What are some of the things that you've learned uh, it, through the spiritual teachings uh, of, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith, that we can potentially use in our lives day to day. How do you, you know, what would be some of your suggestions? Well, one of them I I learned uh, better and better and deeper and deeper, uh, but I also knew it, and it was basically the way that I lived my life. So in some ways, when I first came to Agape more than 20 years ago, I felt like I was coming home. I felt like I was finding a group of people that uh, shared the same uh, joy about life that is sort of at the center of how I experience life. So, for example, Michael... Uh, had a phrase that he started using years and years ago, a very simple phrase, life is good. And now we've seen that phrase actually appear on a worldwide T-shirt brand, right? And it's life is good. <laughs> but it's easy to say, but it is also a great remembrance anytime you are challenged by an opportunity, by a growth opportunity, because that's what happens through life. We have these challenges. We have these problems. Uh, I mentioned my sister's passing, you know, with a drunk driver. These are growth opportunities, right? But you have yes. to continue to remember that this isn't, it's not just awful and terrible and, and painful, but in some way it is good. And you have to Absolutely. look at what is the good in this experience. So life is good. If you just really believe it at your core, you see everything that happens as in some way good. And you're going to need to, to kind of look for that. Um, so you know, that was one of the, uh, the teachings that I, you know, I, I resonated with very strongly. Um, another one is, is the idea that uh, we are God. We are this divine emanation of God, an expression of God. And that the real definition of God is not something outside of ourselves, but something that we are all collectively um, a part of. And so, uh, for example, uh, one of the songs on Transcendence was a, uh, a talk that Michael gave called One Day in Heaven. And he's really just talking about an everyday day, right, that we would have. But that being, in fact, a day in heaven. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that we're alive, we're in this beautiful earth, we have these other beings that we get to interact with, and, you know, we have all these experiences and sights and sounds and smells, and that's heaven. It's not something we're going to go to at a later date. Wow, that's beautiful, because, uh, as you know, we in our day-to-day worlds, we're always trying to go somewhere. So even yeah. if death allows us to just you know, be in this present moment and not seek heaven after we're dying. I mean, so much so that we've, we've kind of created a destination for ourselves beyond death um, is interesting concept, right? Um, we need to, and the only way to really embrace your true self or embrace God is to be in the present moment. So, right. And this, of course, is something that is, you know, one of the things that Agape does so beautifully, and Michael does, is he synthesizes the wisdom of so many different wisdom traditions. So, you know, in this case, being in the present moment would be, you'd say, well, that's a very strong Buddhist concept, 
right, where they talk about being mindful and being present, and and it's something that's been brought into this sort of new spirituality, new thought, as it's called. And but but there would also be things that agape that would come from Hinduism, or would come from Christianity, or would come from um, timeless uh, indigenous wisdoms. Uh, all the wisdom traditions have something to offer, and so. Uh, again, a part of uh, describing what uh, Michael's teachings are and what Agape teachings are is there's a universality to the wisdom tradition, t- traditions and where and where these teachings come from. Lovely, and so you you almost sound like him. This is wonderful to have this experience uh, this morning. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna go into break and then jump in with more of the teachings from Agape and as well as some of the new things that you're working on with your new venture. Um, this is Aparna with Voice America, and uh, I have here with me Stephen Powers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back. Um... I am very excited to have here with me this morning Stephen Powers. Stephen was the CEO of Agape Media, and uh, he's worked uh, and spent a lot of time uh, with um, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. And uh, so we are sharing this morning some of the teachings from the Agape International Group. And um, welcome back, Stephen. 
Thank you, Aparna. This has been a fun discussion. Very fun, and I love the fact that you're sharing with us all the different things that we can include in our own lives um, as we try and invoke creativity, consciousness, and spirituality into our way of being. So as we concluded last uh, last segment, uh, we were talking about a couple of uh, things that we can start using right away in our lives. Um, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the ability to really see ourselves as God. And that's part of a lot of the, you know, the Hinduism and uh, yogic tradition as well as awakening and staying and um, being our own you know the god lives within us god universe spirit everything that we need to awaken is right within us as individuals so are there other things that you um, think we can start employing in our lives well i think when we i know a lot of your audience is interested in or i think they are uh uh, perhaps taking, <clears throat> excuse me, taking uh, principles, uh, spiritual prim- principles and wisdom tradition principles into business and to understand more into something that they're trying to to accomplish. So, yeah, another thing comes to mind that I think is, is very important. Again, this is something that that I used in my own life even before I got involved with Agape, but it's, it's a teaching that, that Michael Bernard Beckwith is very adamant about, and he, he's very uh, uh, articulate on the subject, and that is that, that as we envision something, and he has a process, one of his products that I was involved in, in releasing is called um, Life Visioning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, in the Life vision, Visioning process, we literally settle into a meditative state and ask spirit to uh, to inform us, to give us some kind of insight and awareness of what is the uh, purpose and the path that my divine self has for me. So rather than using our our intellect and rather than using our intelligence and our deductive reasoning and, you know, all these things that I learned as a scientist, we literally drop into just uh, an awareness of what uh, is the best path for us and what is the, the work that we are perhaps supposed to be doing. I think a lot of times people ask, you know, what, uh, you know, what is my life purpose and how do I become aware of it if they don't already know? Oftentimes, you will have a yearning for it. It will be something that you are most interested in. It will be the thing that you think is what you do for your hobby. turns out to be the thing that you could do for your work, and then you'd be in love with your work every day. That was my case. Okay, so I loved music. I loved music, and I played music. And I never thought that I could be uh, in the music business uh, when I was growing up. Uh, and uh, it just became, this, you know, as I mentioned, that, that shift that happened for me uh, very young. Suddenly I went, oh, I don't have to be a scientist or a doctor or a lawyer. I could be in music, uh, and, I could, and because I so love it, you know, I'll get up every day with a joy, with an enthusiasm, and with an engagement in the work that I'm doing because this is my favorite thing. So, you know, that's an example. So in that process... Um, the idea yes. is to set the intention of what you want to do. So when you have that, once you have that awareness, set the intention and do not start asking yourself, how do I do it? Don't start getting into the practical, granular, step-by-step, oh, I have to raise the money, I have to incorporate the business, I have to have a marketing plan. Don't get into that for a while. 
Stay very connected to the intention of what you're going to achieve. And let that intention lead through the energetic uh, universe. Let that be where, where kind of the, the, the idea takes life, is in the intention. And then the detail will follow. Right? It actually begins to un- unroll, you know, unveil itself, and, itself. and unroll and, and become aware. And you just always hold that intention. Here's what we intend to do, and we know, we trust that we will be given guidance, we will be given tools, we will be given uh, people or whatever it is that will, will show up to assist with that process. Absolutely. This is beautiful because that is the one single most asked question is, you know, how do I uh, dial into my life purpose? And, you know, to that end, you mentioned the hobbies. And, you know, it's interesting in the business community, when we do have hobbies and things that really drive us with passion, we sometimes think, well, how are we going to make a living doing this? And I know that um, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith has spent a lot of time talking about his own kind of integration into building out the spiritual community and following his path while still uh, wanting to, you know, provide for his family and uh, take care of responsibilities. So this is a pretty big thing for our audience and for myself where how do we, you know, honor that hobby, that creativity, that passion and still make a living? Right, right. Well, again, so as I just said, Hold the intention, hold the vision very, very strongly and dearly, uh, you know, in your, in your center and in your core. Now, having said that, uh, I think that one of the reasons I have been so fortunate to work in this field for my entire life is that I do the work. So, again, this is Absolutely. a cliche, but it's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration, right? So yes. I've been on, I've been to a speaker at conferences, and he said, well, how did you get to be a record producer? How did you get to be able to do this or that? And I always come back to, it's not about wishful thinking. So it's holding a very strong intention, which is different than wishful thinking, which is, oh, I wish I could. Because in I wish I could is a sense that I can't. But yes, and declarative to the universe, I am. And that's what I did as a record producer. Uh, I was just 20 years old, and I said, I am a record producer. And I'm going to make this album, and I did it. Uh, and, in, and, in, and, and it wasn't about, oh, I wish I could be a record producer. So that's an important energetic difference. That you have Absolutely. To really believe in yourself, right? Well, then that also lends itself to the other step of the process, which is actually being able to take action because with the advent, with the rise of the secret and those messages where we can create affirmations and then, you know, I personally initially was thinking, okay, well, I've I've created that affirmation and I'm just going to sit back and the fruit is going to just, you know, show up. Well, you know, the universe needs to know that you are actually uh, taking some action and in that action is where the joy is, right? So if you are always aspiring to be a music producer, but then you never create, you know, take the time to honor that or take any time to really delve into it or practice it in some way. Uh, For me, it was creating this show. Um, I have always wanted to have a radio show or a show where we can have these types of discussions about soul and spirituality for the business community. For a long time, I did 
didn't feel that it was an appropriate conversation. And also, I actually didn't really do anything about it. And I just kind of continued to cultivate my interest in it and learn so much and have jumped into my own practice until it became so unbearable that I had to take some action and do something about it and jump into it. Right. Well, the affirmations are great, uh, and I believe in them, and I use them uh, on a regular basis. But, but as you said, that's not all there is to it. It isn't like you affirm it and then you wait for it to happen. The affirmation, in my view, of how this really kind of helps you is what, is what strengthens it, your resolve. So right? it gives you strength. It gives you, uh, you know, when you are going to encounter difficulty, you've, you've spoken to yourself and you've affirmed to yourself and you've resolved. So you have strength, you have resolve, you have, you have that uh, energy to go about doing the work. It isn't the work itself. It's just, you know, it's, it's a thing, it's a tool for you uh, to, to feel stronger at a time and you'll face many challenges and many uh, barriers and many uh, got to find over, under, around, and through. I mean, that's sort of the characteristic, I think, of any life uh, where someone has done a significant amount of good work is that they've, they've always had barriers. You know, I mean, they joke Absolutely. about the overnight success and everybody says, yeah, I'm an overnight success after 25 years of work, right? Uh, <laughs> you, you just have heard of me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the affirmation just gives you the personal strength to persevere. Yes, and that that's true. And also, it makes your clarifies your thoughts uh, in terms and makes them very concise for you. So, you know, the the yeah. affirmation of "I am a producer, or a show producer, or a music yeah. producer" is clarity that it brings to your mind. So, I definitely value affirmations. I'm just saying that the action component is equally important, as is the component you referenced earlier, life visioning, being able to really kind of have a vision without uh, being concerned about the actions of like, you know, do I need, I'm going to start a new business, but okay, I need to create a business plan. So, you know, the first thing entrepreneurs think is, oh my God, I got to go create a business plan. Well, not so much because you got to honor that idea. And I always say, you know, you test it out with people, see who your customers are going to be, talk to them and then come up with, because, you know, there are so many stories where people go off in a bubble, right? And you're sitting there with your idea that seems wonderful and you want to create a business plan, a marketing plan, a website and all these kind of tools. And yet nobody's really talked to the potential customer, so, well, you know, if it's a truly original idea, uh, there may not be any customers for it yet. That might be coming. <laughs> so I agree right, with you that, that there is an aspect of, as you grow a business, where having uh, a feedback loop with your customers is extremely important. It's called being an open brand. And so rather than creating a product and trying to convince people that they need your product, if you could get into a general area of service and you can say, now, how can I be of service to you? Uh, I've identified that you're my customer. How can I be of service to you? And they say, well, well what we really want is uh, X, Y, Z, you know. Uh, then you offer them what they want. That's a very successful sales technique. Then you're not trying to convince them of something that they may or may not want. Uh, but that can occur in the creative process after the initial vision, the inspiration, and at the time of the vision and the inspiration, it may be that no one knows they need this. 
no one knows that they want it. So you, you may not have a receptive audience to an idea. Sometimes you just, if you feel something very strongly and you really had some kind of insight or perception, you have to simply follow your own, uh, you know, stars, yes. your own guidance to, um, to go ahead and do it. And, and in some cases you may be right. In some cases, you may be wrong, and if you aren't right, there's probably some variation uh, that that you're looking for, that you've learned from, that is going to get you to the next step. Absolutely, we call it the pivot. So, in these, uh, then there are mm-hmm. hundreds, so many companies from Google to Yelp to all these other companies who have been able to, you know, listen to what they're providing, listen to their users, and really. Uh, fine-tune it or change their strategy completely in a lot of cases um, where you can be a service that you so it's a very important point that you make about the fact that you know what are what is the service that you're looking to offer and then being able to tweak it in the, in the way that is resonant for the customer where they're willing to pay for it. Um, so any other, we're going to be closing in a few minutes, and I, I want to make sure that we tap into um, all this wisdom. Uh, any other nuggets that we can take in our day-to-day lives where we can just get started today? You know, being in the moment. Well, I hope to. I hope to be. Uh, I, I'm in the process, as you know, of, of uh, working on uh, a company that is going to be all about that. So I'd love to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about the Bodhi Tree. Sure. And uh, and it uh, being a resource for these kinds of points of inspiration and of um, uh, knowledge and of experience. Uh, and, and because there's, there's of course so many, we can't cover them all in a single show. Uh, there are many, many great resources, uh, that, uh, I've learned from, uh, and that others learn from. And much of that knowledge, of course, is in, is in books and, uh, and certainly carried in, uh, over the years in books. So is it, is it appropriate for me to share a little about the Bodhi tree? Oh, absolutely. We're looking forward to hearing more about it, especially if it's something we can use, uh, you know, every day and just kind of learn from all this wisdom that's around yes. us. So, so the Bodhi Tree, for your listeners' uh, information, is a uh, metaphysical bookstore that was founded in Los Angeles in 1970, so 45 years ago. And it came right out of the, uh, you know, that high energy of the 60s, of the uh, the summer of love, the the awareness that there is another way of of being in relationship with each other as human beings, right? Which was the the movement of the hippies and, and the love generation. And uh, the two gentlemen who founded it, Stan Madsen and Phil Thompson, were aeronautical engineers. They were literally building bombs uh, over an aerospace world, and they said, you know, one of the expressions of the '60s was "Make love, not war." Uh, and so they decided their way to make love was to opening uh, this, this bookstore uh, where they could offer uh, some of the spiritual and wisdom traditions from around the world. So the Bodhi tree itself, probably most people do know, is a reference to uh, the tree that Siddhartha uh, sat under as he attained enlightenment. And the word Bodhi is a Hindu word that means awakening. And so it is a... It is a, a company and a business and a store that is all about providing the tools, the information, the inspiration uh, for transformation and for awakening in your own life to be able to become self-aware. So what we're doing today is we are 
taking, uh, the, and this is where I'm now CEO of the Bodhi Tree, as I'm taking uh, this tremendous legacy business that was so loved in Los Angeles and actually impacted people all around the world. It became world famous when um, Shirley MacLaine wrote about it in her book, Out on a Limb. It was there that, that a book came into her hands that uh, changed her entire life. And she was an Academy Award winning actress at the time and, and then started her exploration of more uh, metaphysical uh, experiences and energies and, uh, and phenomenon. Uh, and, of course, many of the public at the time thought she was crazy. Like, this, you know, this actress we love has just gone you know, out on a limb. She's gone off the edge. Uh, now the world has kind of caught up with her in many ways, and, and we have much more uh, awareness of and celebration of these, uh, these kind of uh, modalities that are not so evident in the physical world. So... Um, the Bodhi Tree is, is offering uh, online. So we're launching online. I want to invite your yes. audience to go to BodhiTree.com. Uh, B, that's B-O-D-H-I. That's T-R-E-E dot com. And, uh, and just Thanks. sign up for our mailing list. And if you do, Thank you so much. You yeah, yes. and I hate to, sorry to cut this short, but I... They, are we, we, are, uh, we only have about a minute left here. And uh, so with that, I will invite our audience to go to BodhiTree.com and explore all this abundant uh, content and wisdom uh, to, you know, kind of employ some of these suggestions that we've we discussed here this morning. 2016. I want to make sure they're aware we're not open yet, but by getting on our mailing list now, you're going to get three wonderful talks by Paulo Coelho, Doreen Virtue, and Don Miguel Ruiz. You're going to get a gift certificate, and you're going to start to get information from me and from us about the Bodhi Tree and what we'll be doing. Thank you so much. I'm going to sign up today. Uh, thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Have a great signing off from Success Inside Voice America Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch another edition of Success Inside with your host, Aparna, next Saturday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until the next show, have a great weekend and a successful week to come.